Hello everyone, it's Bill Thompson, T-Bill, and welcome to Plain Market Talk, where I will provide a straightforward interpretation and analysis of current market news based on my background as a retired Wall Street stockbroker with almost 50 years of experience. And I will also provide business lessons to help you become much more successful with your personal finance, trading, and investments. So let's get started. Hey everyone, it's Bill Thompson, T-Bill. Welcome to Plain Market Talk. Today is Monday, January 24, 2022. Okay, so the market had some big swings today. We'll talk about what's going on there. Uh, let's see, um, some of the volatility in cryptocurrencies. We'll talk about that. Uh, IBM reported good numbers after the close. Uh, Kohl's department store is now in a takeover battle. So we'll see what's going on with that. Uh, what's coming up this week? Uh, let's see. Uh, Bob Dylan, the singer, is selling his music catalogs. We'll talk about why a lot of these older artists are actually selling their catalogs. It's a little bit more than just the money. They've got plenty of money, but we'll talk about uh, a reason they may be doing that. And also a little bit on uh, short selling. So see what's going on there. Um, okay, so... The markets basically, the Dow Jones Industrial Average was down a thousand points at one at one time today. That's three and a half percent, and yet finished up a hundred points, up zero point two nine percent. S and P five hundred up zero point two eight percent after being down, and the Nasdaq Composite after being down four and a half percent finished up zero point six three percent. Okay, I've talked about this on previous sessions. The one thing the markets do not like more than anything is uncertainty. I mean, they dislike that much more than just bad news. So we got several things going on. Obviously, possible war in Ukraine, uh, uncertainty as to what the Federal Reserve is going to say with their policy statement on Wednesday afternoon. We have mixed corporate earnings and also obviously uncertainty with Omicron. Okay, so basically, I've said this on previous sessions, the market tends to overreact in both directions, but particularly on the downside. You know, I, I mentioned it's like that friend or relative you might have that tends to overreact to everything and then they calm down. That's the market. So what happened? The market basically uh, overreacted, massive sell-off, and then mid-afternoon, other investors saw buying opportunities, began to buy back in and push the markets right back up. So we, we may have continued uncertainty with obviously a lot of things going on that are hard to predict, but there could be some opportunities there also. So keep an eye on that. All right. So we got that going on. Um, yeah. Cryptocurrencies. Uh, basically, uh, let's say Bitcoin says Bitcoin down about 50% from its all time high. And we're seeing that with several of the other cryptocurrencies. Now, if you'd like a review of what are cryptocurrencies, I mean, some of you know all about them, but for others, you know, what is data mining, blockchains, and so forth, uh, check out my session on August 3rd from last year. I did cover it in detail, and we'll cover it again going forward. Uh, but anyway, one thing is sometimes I get asked, Bill, do you, do you think there's a future for cryptocurrencies? Possibly. Uh, you know, I've been involved in the financial industry since 1975, and I, I try to keep an open mind. You know, I've seen new things come along over all those years, and uh, some things stick, others don't. Uh, one thing I always say about a new type of financial um, investment 
basically, I like to see it go through a, a bear market before I make a determination whether it's going to stay around. I, I mean, I hope we don't have bear markets, but th- that's basically what, what I usually look for. A bear market would be an extended downwards trend that goes on for an extended period of time, 18 months to two years. Uh, if we have something like that that is still around after an extended bear market, my experience is it'll tend to stay around. Uh, other investments will tend to fall by the wayside. So we'll have to see. But anyway, I'm checking some prices here. Uh, there's several places to get cryptocurrency prices. Right now, I'm on coinmarketcap.com. It's one word, coinmarketcap.com. I just recently discovered it. It seems to have some good information on it. Uh, Bitcoin uh, hit. It looks like it hit a low of around thirty-three thousand dollars a unit, um, and then right it bounced back off that a little over thirty-six thousand right now. But on this website, I'm seeing it's down thirteen point six percent over the last seven days. It gives you updates uh, for per hour. Also, Ethereum uh, down twenty-four point five percent over the last week. Uh, Where's dog dog uh, dog a coin uh, doggy coin? I hear Doge coin. I hear it pronounced all different ways. Uh, that's the lower price one, uh, down eighteen point seven percent. So basically, I, I consider cryptocurrencies to be in the area of speculation, as would be um, buying uh, and selling option contracts. They're also speculation, unless you're using it for hedging or, or uh, income enhancement. Uh, but basically, any investment that could lose 50% of its value quickly uh, is usually, um, or even 20%, is usually in the area of speculation. So basically, with speculation investments, there's plenty of opportunity to make a lot of money. But I always tell everybody, basically, just put money in that you can afford to lose. Hopefully, you wouldn't, but you could. Like, don't put your rent money in, uh, something like that. Then it goes the wrong way on you. All right, so we got that. Uh, IBM. Uh, you know, it's this ongoing rumor that's been around for decades that the movie 2001, the evil computer HAL, H-A-L, is related to the name of IBM. Arthur C. Clarke, who wrote the book, has denied that, but it does still stick out there. The, uh, the, the you know, the other times though, he's indica- he indicated that he didn't deny it as much, we'll say. So if you guys don't know what that, um, I, I don't want to call it internet rumor because it was around long, long for the internet. The rumor is is that when Arthur C. Clarke was writing the book 2001 in 1966, his friend at IBM, who designed computers for IBM, said, I don't care what you come up with, uh, by year 2001, 25 years later, we'll have a better computer than anything you write in your book. And Arthur C. Clarke, uh, the story goes, said, I'll design my computer guaranteed to stay one step ahead of IBM. So he took IBM, moved it up one step in the alphabet, I became H, B became A, and then M became L, and that's why it's called Hal. But he has flat out denied that, uh, or did flat out deny that uh, years ago. So we'll, uh, who knows, who knows? But that, that's the story, anyway. But back to the more mundane. Uh, IBM is up in the after hours market. Says they are re- reporting six percent revenue growth in the fourth quarter. Numbers came in better than expected. And uh, basically, it says they're telling investors uh, and financial analysts to look for mid-single-digit revenue sales growth going forward. So it looks like IBM was up 7% in the after-hours market. Uh, Another day, I'll talk about the uh, after-hours market. Uh, But anyway, but let's see what they are. 
I think they were up two and a half percent when I last checked just a few minutes ago. Uh, let's see here. IBM. And um, actually, they're pulling back now. Uh, still up 1.86% in the after-hours market. All right, so keep an eye out on IBM. See what's going on there. Okay, uh, Bob Dylan. Bob Dylan, the singer. Um, basically, it's like he's selling his music catalog to Sony Music Entertainment. He, he's been with Columbia Records, I think, most of his career, and Sony owns Columbia. I believe it's for $150 million. Uh and he is now 80 years old. And so what, why are we seeing that? We're seeing a lot of these older songwriters basically beginning, musicians beginning to sell off um, their rights to their songwriting recordings and so forth. Um, well, most of them have got plenty of money. If you still own the rights to your songs, the money, and you're like Bob Dylan, the money just continuously comes in. It's also thought part of this maybe estate planning that eventually when they pass on, you know, everything goes to their family, their heirs. Managing music catalogs can be somewhat complex and the feeling is the family may not have the knowledge or inclination to do that. But the other main reason, but they could always hire lawyers. I mean, the article I was reading says that's the reason. I think it's more the public domain. Uh, basically what happens, uh, it's not really simple, but basically back here, back in the day in the United States, to put it in the most simple of terms, Basically, 70 years after a songwriter or any kind of creator's death, uh, whatever they created is no longer protected by copyright. It goes into public domain. That's why if you ever buy classical music, compact disc, you know, those of you that still buy compact disc, you know, from Mozart, Beethoven, they're relatively inexpensive because no royalties are being paid. Uh, but anyway, th it's not that simple, though, but that's basically it. But I was just look I was looking up just a little bit ago what some of the current... Our rules are basically in 2018 we had the Music Modernization Act, and what it says here: anything that was made before uh, sound recordings made before 1923 are public domain as of January 1st of this year. So it's like you know 99 years. Anything made between 20 uh, 1923 and 1946 are protected for 100 years after publication. Recordings made between 1947 and 1956, 110 years. And recordings from 1957 to 1972 uh, protected till 2067. And then I think 95 years for everything else. And uh, also, and then that's actually the recordings. The songwriting is a little bit different. I think that's 95 years now. It was 70. But anyway, um, that's part of it, I think. The idea is that the music doesn't eventually go into public domain, or it will, but if they get the money now, their families have that going forward. All right, so we have that also. Kohl's, K-S-S, King, Sam, Sam, the, the stores. Uh, so what, what's going on there? They're now in a takeover battle. You got two private equity groups going back and forth wanting to, t wanting to take them over. And so... Today, Kohl's, this is one to keep an eye on, one way or the other. Uh, stock was up 36.02%. Finished at $63.71, up $16.87 a share. That is up 36 cents. So got a takeover battle there between uh, two private equity groups. Uh, one is called Sycamore, and they're private investment firms, basically, and the other is Acacia Research. Uh, Acacia, I guess, offered $64 a share. Sycamore's offering uh, 65 
So we may get into a battle. What could happen there? You could have them go back and forth trying to outbid each other at like at an auction. Or they may decide to walk away from the deal too, one or the other, and the stock could go plummeting back down. So uh, keep an eye on that. Uh, there could be some opportunities one way or the other. Basically, if you think it's going to go up, you can either buy the stock or buy or call option contracts, which I've covered on other sessions, but I will return to, the, uh, to those. Uh, if you think a stock is going to go down, you could buy a put option contract, uh, or you could do what's called short selling, which is the last thing I'll cover today. All right, so basically, I've covered short selling in the past. Let me go over it again, just kind of quickly, give you an idea what this is. Okay, seeing an article here, short sellers have made $114 billion so far this year with winning bets against Tesla and Netflix. All right. So basically, here's how it works. Uh, if you have a stock, say it's at $50 a share, and you think it's going to go up, all right, so normally what you do is you buy it. Uh, that's called a long position when you own stock, L-O-N-G. And let's say it goes to $60 a share, you sell it, you, you make $10 a share. Well, what if you think a stock's going to go down? All right, so imagine you've got a relative who owns a certificate of 100 shares of whatever company, and they're not really planning on selling it. You ask if they could, if you could borrow their certificate, uh, and they say sure. They signed the back of it over to you. You deposit it in a brokerage account and immediately sell the stock for fifty dollars a share, and that say a hundred shares, and that five thousand dollars is deposited in your brokerage account. Okay, at this point you have a short position because you sold a stock that you don't technically own. You borrowed. Let's say you're correct. Stock goes down to $40 a share. You don't think it's going to go down any further. You then buy it back at $40 a share for $4,000. Have a certificate printed in your relative's name, and you hand them back their stock certificate. You just made $1,000 on a stock that went down. Uh, the, so the thing with short selling, uh, you make money when the stock goes down. Here's the problem with that. When you own a long position in a stock, bought 100 shares at $50 a share, $5,000, there is a limit to your losses, but technically no limit to your gains. A stock can't go any lower than zero. So if a company went to zero, you lose $5,000. But there's no limit to how high a stock can go. Just look at a stock chart sometime with Amazon over the last uh, 25 years or so. So that's the idea with a long position. Limits on your losses, no limit on your gains. With short selling, there's a limit on your gains, technically no limit on your losses. So if uh, if you short sold at $50 a share, your best scenario is stock goes down to zero, you buy it back for zero and made $5,000. That's your maximum gain. But what if the stock starts going up? 60, 70, 80, $100 a share, you know, $120 a share, and now your relative says, I want the certificate back. You got to go out and pay $12,000 to buy that 100 shares back, hand, hand your relative their stock certificate back. You just lost $7,000 on a $5,000 investment. Um, I, I remembered many years ago, we had an investor lost seven of his $8 million sh continuously short selling Amazon. I thought it couldn't, it couldn't go any higher. Um, Anyway, but that's the problem with short selling. Normally, though, you don't borrow the stock from a relative. You borrow it from a brokerage firm. Uh, you have to have what's called a margin account. Uh, account has to have at least $2,000 in value usually. And um, I believe shorted stocks have to be at least $3 a share, although you, you could check that. It might be lower now. It was probably the old rules. But anyway, uh, there are ways to protect yourself with a short position. I will cover this in more detail another day. 
Uh, one way you could do it is you could buy, uh, go out and buy a call options contract that allows you to buy the stock back at a guaranteed price. It's usually above the price you shorted it at. So you short a stock at 50, hoping it's going to go down, but you are willing to accept the loss of, say, $5 a share. So you buy a call options contract at $55 a share. You pay for that, but now you're guaranteed until the option expires that you can buy the stock back at $55 a share, no matter how high it goes up, and you limit your losses to $5 a share. Another one is to do what is called a buy stop order. What that means is if a stock goes up to a certain price you set, say $57 a share, one trade at or above that price, you automatically buy it back at market, wherever the market is. So anyway, very quick explanation, but I just wanted to go over it. Uh, and again, I'll cover it again in some more detail. All right, so hope everyone's doing well. It's Bill Thompson, T-Bill. Talk to you again soon. Take care. See ya.